Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, tell me, what is more egregious, getting a Peloton bike for Christmas or getting a new car for Christmas? Because these commercials are ridiculous. But I always wonder... Who gets a car for Christmas? Because I don't. Yeah, I don't get a car for Christmas either. In fact, I've never had a brand new car, so I don't know who these people are. <laughs> and Peloton, I feel like it's not just workout equipment, but like it's like a fake community. <laughs> so it's just like, so it's kind of like if all us foodies were on Peloton, so not only would we be exercising, but we'd be like working out together and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you don't, you wouldn't like that? I think that'd be fun. I don't know. I'm more of on. I'm more on the competitive edge, so I wouldn't want to see how many calories I burn more than you would or <laughs> any of our foodie friends. Personally, have you seen that new commercial that everybody is making fun of? The Peloton one. Yeah, the Peloton yeah. one where yeah, the I've woman is one. like caught in a deer in the headlight look, mm-hmm. and everybody's making fun of it. And people even made fun of the doctor who played the husband. It's like he's so abusive. <laughs> Just oh my like, God. He's so emotionally abusive. <laughs> I don't cool. know. Me personally. I would love to get a Peloton bike. So if anyone out there wants to gift me a $2,800 Peloton bike, I am all for it, you guys. Oh, bad news. Bad news, Nelson. That's not what I got you for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) But it should be arriving in about a week and a half. But yeah, (laughs) that's not it. And this new car thing, I just don't need my kid watching this. He's like 14 years old. I don't need him watching like these commercials. They're just like, it's even possible for you to get a new car. Like, who does that? No, who does it? Where can you buy a bow big enough? to put on the car as a present. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I'm so I'm it's trying a, to figure out. It's an extra $500 at the dealership. <laughs> is it? Yeah. And then the other one, what's that other commercial last year? Was it a was it a Black Friday deal or something like that? I can't remember. I think it was a Dodge commercial and the husband buys two cars. He buys a black truck and a red truck and the woman, the the wife goes, "I I love it. I love I love the black truck." And it's just like, "Well, that's my truck. I love it." And it's like, "Well, I guess I'm getting the red." <laughs> Okay, so uh, what kind of budget do you have that you can afford two $30,000 cars? You can afford $60,000 worth of car. That that must be a nice bonus that they got. I don't know. I just just shake my head every time I look at those commercials. I know. All right. Well, anyways, let's talk about food, huh? Welcome to the Seattle Foodie (laughs) Podcast. This is episode 65. 65 which means that we're going to do something special for this episode. Monica, you and I haven't seen each other all week. I do miss you. I do miss you. It wasn't planned. It was just, <laughs> we just didn't have any events. We just didn't get together. Though We just weren't together this week, and yep. it, was, it was okay. So we're going to skip the recap part, and we're going to go straight to the events. Not a lot of events, again, holiday season, but I do have one, and Monica has one to tell us about, and I'll start off. Want to learn how to make artisan donuts? Because... Ninth and Hennepin Donuts, who have made an appearance at the Wednesday SLU markets, mm-hmm. as well as some other markets that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninth and Hennepin Donuts is teaching a winter PCC cooking class at the mm-hmm. Green Lake Village location. And now you can go to the class and learn to make raised donuts and fritters, and you can glaze them with tasty fruits and flavors. The class is this coming Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. You can enter into the class for $60 at pccmarkets.com. That sounds fun, Monica. I always wanted, I've always wanted to learn how to make donuts. I don't know about you. Um, 
I'd rather eat donuts, to be honest, but I think that people who <laughs> do want to learn to make donuts, like I love the PCC classes and that they're a really great way uh, that's really accessible for people to learn. And Knights and Hennepin, I just actually saw them at Pike. I was there on Friday. And so, yeah, yeah. I saw them. They were in the new expansion. They were. They were. Mm -hmm. I've been looking through their Instagram account and they've been putting up their schedule and one of, that's one of their places they've been in mm -hmm. weekly. They're showing up at a lot of the markets now, so you can't miss them. Okay, Monica, what event do you have for us to talk about? Oh, it's the West Seattle Winter Night Market. So on Friday, December 13th from 5 to 9 p.m., the West Seattle Winter Night Market is happening at the Sanctuary. If you don't know where that is in West Seattle, it's 2656 42nd Avenue Southwest. You can get your holiday shopping done. Again, not mentioning any names, Nelson. And also <laughs> grab a bite to eat. So Nelson, I love these types of events because I get to get some work done, get some shopping done, some, get some things accomplished and feel good. But I still get to eat, drink, and hopefully grab a few holiday selfies. Um, do you often go to these kinds of events? Monica, I'm going to be honest with you. No, I do not. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds good. Sounds like a fun event. I, I still need to go to one because I think there was one recently the by Urban Craft Uprising. They did mm -hmm. they did something at the Seattle Center, I think I saw oh, yeah. over the weekend. And yeah. I, I do, okay, I'll be honest with you. I have been Christmas shopping because <laughs> you guys have been, you all have been giving me a hard time here. So <laughs> I do need to go and grab some stocking stuffers. So this would be <laughs> the perfect place to get some stocking stuffers for friends and whatnot. Well, if you're interested in trying one out, the one that I say that you would love has already happened, but it's called Greek Geek Craft Expo. And so it's all things geek. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff, which I know you love. Yeah, yeah. My friend, we were, I was in downtown Seattle and at the Westin, they had mm -hmm. some Marvel and DC oh, prints, yeah. I guess they were doing that down in the Westin this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I wish I, I wish I could have made it there. I was down there too. I was just right across the street from there. And I totally forgot about it until my friend told me about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I need to pick something up. Now you said holiday selfies. Is there a photo booth there in the night market? What's, what, are you doing? I, what are we talking about I here? I always hope that at these events, there's like a place to take pictures. And so you just mm -hmm. never know because these ones occur across, you know, across the city. But I'm always hoping that there's some holiday themed place to take pictures. Um, but oh. you just never know till you show up. I see. I see. All right. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to start carrying my own rig. <laughs> Just my own photo booth. <laughs> if there was a photo booth, then I'm then I'm more convinced to go. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nelson, what else are we talking about today? Okay, so this is our special episode. As I mentioned, Monica and I, we were brainstorming. Like, well, we don't have any events. We didn't see each other this week. What should we do? Monica said, how about we do soups in seattle because it's getting cold we'll do we can do a holiday edition and i told her let's not do soups i don't eat enough soups in seattle to be educated <laughs> and be a connoisseur to tell you guys what we should eat so we kind of broadened the spectrum here and we decided to do a special on what to eat to stay warm in seattle mm -hmm. and monica how about you start off we each have three that we want mm -hmm. to recommend and actually i have I have four. I made I made two into one, but we can talk about that later. But tell us about the first one you're going to recommend. Oh, by the way, cheater. Oh, <laughs> cheater. You, you made two into one. Trying to sneak another <laughs> one in there. 
<laughs> we'll talk I about that later. <laughs> I will explain that. I'll explain it when it comes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So my first one is Kazuki Ramen, and they have multiple locations around the city. But what I was trying to think about when I did this is really where, where we go to eat to stay warm for me and my family. And so the Kazuki we go to is at Northgate. And for me, that's a place that my entire family can agree on. I had some decent ramen. And for me, I ordered the shiro or the shoyu ramen, and I always get an extra egg. I'm so in love with their eggs there. It's so delicious. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of places in North Seattle to get good ramen. I'd say Capitol Hill has has the monopoly on that one. But again, because my family loves it, when it's cold and we're craving something, that's one of the places that we always end up going. Kazuki is popular now. I mean, it's now mm-hmm. in all malls. I don't like, I, everybody knows, I don't mm-hmm. really like to go to malls, but uh, we walk by and there's one in Bellevue Square, South Center Mall. You, there's also one in Capitol Hill, as well mm-hmm. as the the original one that that I that I thought it was the original one in Seattle, which was mm-hmm. the one in Bellevue near mm-hmm. near Overlake. Lots of options for Kazuki. Lots of options. Okay, Nelson, what do you have to start us off with? Okay, so I was <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you with everyone. I had to think about my my three <laughs> recommendations here because it's like, what do I eat to stay warm? And one of the first things that popped up was hot pot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of places that we can go for hot pot. We've talked about Dollar Shop. We talked about uh, Gourmet Noodle Bowl as well as Little Sheep Mongolian. But the one I recently went to was Chengdu Memory out in Chinatown. Monica, you were there recently too as well with some of our foodie friends. Mm-hmm. And we got similar stuff. I always recommend that you you can either do one broth, but split split the broth because some people may not like it spicy. If you have never been there, I would recommend the Chengdu spicy and the pork spicy bone soup so one that's a little bit neutral which is the pork bone soup but the Chengdu spicy monica we we asked the server how hot is it and they said Mm -hmm. it's very spicy and we go okay we like spicy food but we'll just do the medium and Mm -hmm. and she still said it's very spicy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so what i recommend if you've never done hot pot or you don't like spicy foods I would try for the mild if you're going to do the change of spice. But if you go for the I'm medium. Sorry, I'm just laughing. Why, you're, why are you laughing? Because you're so totally right. We did the exact same thing. How spicy is the spicy? There's like, it's spicy. We're just like, okay, medium. There's like, you know, some people like it a little more spicy. And we're all, no, we're going to go with medium. And y'all, I just got to say that medium just laid me out i mean all three of us we were like dying we're like sweating and we're like man this is spicy like i can't do this and we had to stop eating it it was so spicy so yes do the meat do the mild you guys yeah so so i went with my friend i went my friend and she she could take a little bit of it, but then she was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So she went, she went with the pork bone soup and I'm like, well, I guess I'm eating the, I guess I'm eating the Chengdu spicy medium. There is a light at the end of the tunnel here. After eating it for maybe about a half hour, you get used to it. Monica. So it takes about <laughs> half hour for that numbingness to kind of kick in and you mm. can actually eat it. Yeah. If you're not a fan of hot spicy foods go with the mild or go with a different one go with like a tomato soup broth mm-hmm. or something else that's a little bit more neutral i loved it i love the presentation yeah the sliced beef and lamb platter was probably about twenty dollars which was a really good deal they gave you a lot of meat and you can mm-hmm. order a bunch of other stuff for two of us we did that as well as some 
tofu skins, which look like band-aids, by the way. <laughs> just just yeah, to let you know. Do, they they like do. band-aids. So get don't get the fresh tofu skins, get the get the um the crispier or yeah. the the crispier tofu skins or the bean curd <laughs> as well as the uh, as some vegetables and that's what we had by the time it was done it was probably about 32 dollars per person 30 dollars a person which is which is pretty good i think the quality was really good Chengdu memory i would recommend that one yeah it's pretty good we, we ordered food for like i don't know five people <laughs> yeah, i saw your spread like, it's a little extra <laughs> no no because i i felt like i i felt like we over ordered too as well and oh, yeah. we ordered yeah, it it's a lot of food when you when it comes out there. But yeah. yeah. All right, Monica. So what's your next recommendation? My next recommendation is a neighborhood favorite. So y'all know I live in North Seattle. I live near Pop Pop Thai. So that's my second recommendation. I usually go there for the cow soy, which is a northern style red curry soup with egg noodles. Um, it's one of my favorite Thai soups, and I think they do a really great job spicing it. Because again, like I we're just talking about like over spicy, but let's be honest, a lot of places that you go into Seattle, when they say it's spicy, it's really not. So I like that they have a really nice brisk spice here. So it's like my favorite comfort food warms me up from the inside out. I love the crispy egg noodles that get soft when you mix them in the broth. And so that's one of my favorites. But if you're not into soups, um, one of my favorites is the pot pot fried rice, or they also have a crab fried rice. So those are two other options um, that still keep you warm, just not as warm as soup. Monica, I just thought of this. My friend and I, whenever we go out, we always say like, is it spicy or is it Asian spicy? Because Asian, <laughs> Asian spicy is a whole new level versus spicy, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a whole extra level. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah. I don't know, it, it has a healthy amount of spice for me. Yeah. Not overly spicy, though. I have been to Pop Pop Thai. Upon your recommendation last year, I believe, mm-hmm. I had the cow soy. Loved it. Huge chicken drumstick. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Just lots of meat in that one. So yeah, yeah, a lot of meat on that drum. Definitely one of my favorite cow soys I've had. Mm-hmm. All right, Monica. You were talking about noodles, so let's just keep rolling with noodles. I don't know. When I'm staying warm, I want a nice, like, hot bowl of something with some noodles in it. And this is the one, this is the controversial one because I'm giving you two recommendations at two places. And the reason I say that is because these restaurants are literally across the street from each other. So Mm -hmm. you have, you have two options. I'm talking about out in Fremont, Kinlin Thai Night Bites, and then also the Chinese restaurant 19 Gold. So Kinlin Thai is Thai food, of course, because they have the word Thai in it. (laughs) 19 Gold, (laughs) you can do that. Uh, Let's talk about 19 Gold first. The Mala Tong, which is this kind of like a mini hot pot in one, right? It's got, the reason the restaurant is called 19 Gold is based on their house special Mala Tong, which has about 19 ingredients in it. And Monica, I'm just gonna list off, I'm not gonna try to list off all 19, but you have cabbage, broccoli, lotus root, tofu, tofu skins, enoki mushrooms, quail eggs, potato, corn, crab meat stick, lobster ball, fish ball, fish tofu, lamb, pork dumpling, etc., etc. So there's about 19 ingredients into that one bowl that you can order if you're ordering the house special. Or if you prefer other things, there's also something they call the surf and turf, which is like seafood and beef. Or you can get the meat lover, which is two times the meat if you're really into protein, or you can get the seafood lover. So there's different options you can get for the malatong. Again, it is spicy and I'm referring as Asian spicy. So beware of that. It's a nice bowl, big bowl. If you're looking for a really, a warm meal, just to get out of the cold weather. That's what I'm, that's what I meant to say. So cool. And then for Kinlin Thai night bites, I just had this recently, the bolt noodle beef, which is again, 
all the beef all the, all the time. You have crackling pork, sliced beef, meatballs, tripe, tendon, tongue, if you're into that, all in instant noodles. The broth is this brown, really warm broth that, that they created. It was so much food, Monica. I took it home and I ate it as soon as I got home because I, oh, wow. I was craving it. It's really, really good. Those two places. Again, I don't know. Why is it when I think of keeping yourself warm, I think of noodles and I don't oh, think of like chicken noodle soup. I think of like Asian noodles or ramen or cow soy, all those things. Totally. Um, so wait, they use instant noodles in that boat? Well, that, that's what they said in the menu, instant noodles. But it, mm -hmm. it was like a it was like a clear noodles that they were using, though. OK, some, some sort of Thai noodles that they were using. Okay. Well, I think the same thing. I ate ramen today. I mean, that was just you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I always think of noodles, too. And then one last one. You oh you have ooh, I like this one. Tell us about this last <laughs> one you talked about. This last one doesn't have any noodles. <laughs> no, it, but it's just no. that good. Um so my last There's no room for noodles because there's too much of what you're about to describe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So my noodle less dish is from Agua Verde Cafe, uh, and it's the pasole. And it's red broth with pork and lots of pork, <laughs> yes. cilantro, onions, avocado, and cabbage. And, you know, this is something that I'm going to have to learn how to make because it was so delicious. When I went for my tasting, you went for another tasting, Nelson, I think we both agree this was it. I mean, this was complex and deep and just comforting and warm. And just even though I didn't grow up on this suit, it made me feel like a child, like I was, you know, eating something really good when I needed it. And so I just I just love this mix. So yeah, I'm gonna have to learn how to make it myself. I swear to God, they probably put about three quarters of a pound of pork right in that yeah. whole bowl. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. So much that pork was like sticking out of the soup. That's how oh, much yeah. it was guys. Yeah. yeah. We, we were fighting over it at the end. Like who is going to take it home? It's just like, no, no, no. Like, no, it's coming with me. <laughs> so delicious. And you also know that it's good when like the employees, like the bartender is ordering it on his break and he's just yeah. eating it in the bar. So, you know, it's good when, when the employees are ordering it. Totally. Okay. What's your last one? We talked about a lot about food, so I thought about, you know, what what's kind of good? What, what What's good to drink? Okay, Monica. Rosé. I drink rosé <laughs> <laughs> to keep oh. me warm. <laughs> oh, you drink, you drink cold rosé to keep yourself warm. Okay. Hey, right. it, it, it works. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to say what they say all the time about rosé because it's very, very trite. Okay, but, but what I do you drink when you want to keep warm? <laughs> I drink hot chocolates. Okay. Mm -hmm. And at Indie Chocolate out in Pipe Place Market, there is a single origin drinking or a sipping chocolate that they have. And they toast the marshmallow and they they literally torch the marshmallow for you. Mm -hmm. and, and they use their chocolates from Indie just to melt it into the hot chocolate. Mm. It's rich. It's very rich. You can either get an eight ounce or a 12 ounce. And it is like a thick hot chocolate. This isn't like your you know, what is it? Swiss Miss or Nestle powdered chocolate mix that you mm -hmm. use. This is like real hot chocolate that you get. That's why it's a little bit thicker. I think it's one of the best things to get, to get warm with. Mm, sounds delicious. Yeah. Have you had it before, Monica? I have, but you know, I'm not supposed to drink like hot chocolate. That's a lot, especially ones that rich, but yes, I have mm -hmm. had it and it is delicious. Um, and then, yeah. So it, it, like you said, if you want all things chocolate, it's just fantastic. I mean, I could have said like, oh, you could got a Frappuccino, but 
I don't know anything else to get when you would you get to warm. What, what other drinks would you drink to stay warm? I mean, hot toddies. What, what else would you drink, Monica? Um, I like warm ciders. Um, yes. they're just it's just warm non-alcoholic ciders. Um, mm. just like when we went to Seattle Pops, they were serving that apple pear cider and the pumpkin cider. Yep. Um, that's just something again for something if I don't want any lactose, which everybody knows I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, I usually push through it, but I can't always push through it. And so it's nice to have that kind of option where it feels very fall wintry, but it's not like chock full of milk. And so that's one of my favorites. I actually stopped by Sugar and Spoon, uh, their you know, U District location. Oh, yeah. And you, you know what they have there? Yes, they mm -hmm. have their hot chocolate there. But, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to snake your idea. So I just let that go. But I like how they they toast the mini marshmallows on top of it. It forms like this, this just topping, just full, this mountain full of uh, toasted marshmallows on theirs. And I just saw in their, I think on Instagram, probably like two weeks ago, that they have that back I think for both the trucks and the the stand out in University District. Yeah, it's definitely out of the stand. I haven't been to the truck in a little bit just because I've been busy with work, but definitely it's it's at the uh, brick and mortar in U District. All right, so six things. <laughs> Let's be honest. Four noodles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight things. We, we both added one eight on. Things. We did. We did because you talked about the fried rice and the cow soy pop pop. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for comfort food, right? When I'm war when I want to get warm, I'm just mm -hmm. looking for like a nice, good comfort food, something that'll just make me full, so I don't have to like go outside and just stay at home and take a nap. That's probably for what sure. I'm looking for, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guess what, Monica? Speaking of ciders, which was a good transition, tell us about the interview that we have for this week. Our interview today is with Emily Ritchie of at Northwest Cider, which is the Northwest Cider Association. She has a passion for all things cider, and she's certainly taught us, you and me, Nelson, many things in the time that we've known her. Here's our interview with Emily. Hey, everybody. We're here today with Emily Ritchie, the executive director of the Northwest Cider Association. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hi. Thank you for having me. So glad that you could make it here. You were just telling me about all of your travels, but why don't we start out with you telling our listeners a little bit about the Cider Association? Yes, so we are a trade association made up of about 100 local craft cider makers in the greater Pacific Northwest. And that's why I say greater, it's Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and British Columbia. And our goal is really to connect cider drinkers, cider lovers with the cider makers themselves it's such a young industry that's in this revival period and it, it can be hard to find information about where to find your favorite cider or to explore it and that's really my role is to help educate and connect i think especially with like seattle's food scene food and beverage scene i think knowing the makers is really important like as close as you can to the people who are actually growing things, making things. I think mm -hmm. that means something because a lot of purchases nowadays are, are purpose-driven. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's a really important component. And so it's really good to have that bridge where the Cider Association comes in to make those connections. I know that you and I first met, God, it was like a year and a half ago maybe, Cider Week, right? Yeah, and, Washington Cider Week. Yeah, and I know that I'd always liked cider, but I knew that I didn't like all kinds of cider, but I didn't know what that meant. Like, I never took the time to figure out what, what that means. So how can people learn more about cider? And like, cider isn't just one thing. There are so many cider styles out there. You're right. 
when a lot of people have said they either haven't tried cider or if they tried maybe one brand and they're not really sure what to look for, I definitely always come back to the fact that there's a lot of wine styles and beer styles out there, right? Like just because you've tried one IPA doesn't mean you don't love or hate all beer, right? Cider is the same way. Cider, much like wine, comes from an agricultural product, right? It comes from apples from the earth. It's apple juice that's pressed and then fermented. And there's so much that you can do to affect that. Maybe it's a yeast strain that's different. Maybe it's the temperature that is controlled to make it. It could be, there could be a fruit added. Cause there's really cider at its core is the fermented apples. But then there are a lot of styles that the Northwest cider makers have been playing with. It's very innovative here. And so we'll see like barrel aged cider or like a Goza style cider with salt in it or a sour cider. Fruit ciders are really, really exciting right now. We grow so many good fruits locally that cider makers love to play around with the raw ingredients that they can find, whether it's fruit or hops or spices. I say to people, go try places. There's we are so lucky in Seattle and the Northwest that there's a ton of bars out there that will do flights. There are a lot of events where you can do tastings and try different ones and kind of explore like, do I like hopped ciders or apricot ciders or am I more into fine ciders that are made more like a wine, like a method champenoise. So there's a lot out there and I don't know another way of doing it other than just sort of trying and knowing what your own flavor is and what your favorite styles are. Yeah. I think education is a key. I mean, you know, a few months ago you, uh, you helped to host a little tasting for like a group of our foodie friends. And I was really happy that they had had the same experience that I had in that they got to learn a lot about the kinds of apples and, and really having your mind blown, like, you know, thinking about Oh, the apples have to be sweet, and they're totally not sweet, <laughs> right? So just having your mind blown about the science of it all, but also that exposure and that tasting. Like Nelson likes um, sweeter ones, and I like semi, semi-sweet semi and dry Perry's. Right. And so that's really interesting. And it's really good to know, too, because like you said, like people could go through an entire lifetime going, I hate cider, when really they just didn't taste the right one. Right, it's all about the right one. And I would recommend going to meet the cider makers at their locations because then you understand a lot more about the technique and the people behind it. On our website, northwestcider.com, there is a map of all the cider makers in our membership. And I highly recommend, like it's holiday season right now, a lot of people are traveling. So look up a cider that might be in your area. You know, if you have relatives in Spokane, go try Liberty Cider. Or Mm -hmm. if you want to get away and go to Port Townsend area, there's cideries out there like Thin River Cider. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can walk through their orchard and visit their farm and meet the people behind it. And you learn so much more than seeing a bottle on the shelf and like hoping you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to go out to Finn River for a while. I keep seeing them around town. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what are some exciting things that the association has planned for the coming year? So we were just talking about how you and I met at uh, Washington Cider Week. So another thing that the association does is they, they host a lot of events as part of that education. We do host lots of events, and I recommend people look either on our Facebook page, NW Cider, or our website where we have an events tab, northwestcider.com to find an event 
during the time period you're ready and looking to go. Washington Cider Week is always really fun. It's the It starts the Thursday after Labor Day every year, so that's a little far out, but that's a wonderful time where there's lots of events. I would say now that we're in holiday season, there's a ton of smaller events like wassails and special bottle releases of really beautiful ciders just made for the holiday season. Um, there's a lot of delicious, complex, like more affordable ciders mm -hmm. than say wine, um, just because they're unknown right now. And um, I recommend sharing cider with food. There's a lot of food around the holiday season and people can go out and, and try a really nice bottle of cider, mm -hmm. maybe gift it to someone for a housewarming mm -hmm. or something and then you get to try it yourself also. I love doing that. Mm -hmm. What's really exciting is really pairing the cider with food right now. Mm -hmm. And I recommend looking at special releases, like there's a Manchurian crab apple cider out there that Liberty Cider just released. It's made with these tiny, tiny apples, crab apples mm -hmm. that are the size of cherries. Um, that is just this golden, rich flavor. It, it kind of has a, a cherry note, vanilla note to the apple juice, but then when it ferments, it's got this gorgeous high acid that pairs really well with the creamy cheeses or cheesecake, fattier foods that I love. <laughs> um, I love that. So you were mentioning that, you know, taking a bottle for the holidays over to someone's house for like, you know, a, a holiday gathering is a great idea. So honestly, the way I used to pick out wine was by the how pretty the wine label was. Oh yeah, but, we all but, do it. <laughs> but clearly I've learned more than that, you know, over the years. But um, thinking about, you know, uh, where's a good place to buy retail cider in a bottle in Seattle that you can think of? Like, I mean, is it just common everywhere or are there some places that have better selections than others? You know, like I'm thinking, you know, sometimes I go to Chuck's on 85th and Love they it. have a wide selection of all kinds of alcoholic beverages and they try out new things and so that like that's a place for me in my neighborhood but can you think of any place like that around town where people might easily find a good selection of cider yes all bottle shops around town mm -hmm. now have a great selection of local ciders because there are over a hundred cideries mm -hmm. in the Northwest now go to your local bottle shop Go to your local amazing grocery stores. You know, we've got Met Market, PCC, Whole Foods, New Season. There's so much out there. They all have great local varieties. I also highly recommend Capital Cider. This is a paradise for cider lovers. They have over 200 ciders available. Some are on tap, some are in bottles. Um, they're also, they've got cider cocktails as well as full bar. Um, they have live music, art, it's a full service restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great moment to talk to your server, learn a lot mm -hmm. more. They're in Capitol Hill, so they're pretty central. Um, and see what pairs well with food mm -hmm. too, because they have a really, really good local kitchen. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, absolutely, they're very knowledgeable there. Uh, Nelson and I have been there a bunch of times. And um, I absolutely like getting a flight. I mean, getting a flight with Nelson is really awesome because mm -hmm. he likes certain flavor profiles and I like the others. So, like, we're never fighting over the same one usually, except sour beer. We both fight over sour beer. Oh, yeah. We both love sour beer. <laughs> Fantastic. I find there's a lot of people who like sour beer and they love yes. the acid in cider too. Mm -hmm. It totally overlaps. Yeah, it totally overlaps. So, you started talking about not just um, the menu at Capital Cider and some of the food pairings, but even before that, you're talking about like with cheesecake. Um, for the holidays especially, like what are some great pairings that you can think of with cider? Like, you know, if I was going to go to a party or host a party, like what, what would be good? Oh my gosh, my favorite is pork and hmm. cider. 
um, because apples and pork just go so well together, whether it's pork belly, bacon, you know, um, anything in the pig family. <laughs> the fat and the apples and the cider really, really pair well. Generally, I would, I'd say uh, pair cider with fattier foods because there's that great acid that will cut through the fat, whether it's cheese. I mean, cheese platters and charcuterie during the holiday season are everywhere and abundant, and it's the best time of year. <laughs> it's really hard to go wrong serving any kind of cider with one of those boards. Mm -hmm. So that's a really easy go-to, like pork skewers, pork belly, anything like that. That's an easy one. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Okay, so one of the things we ask all of the people who come on the show is, because our listeners want to know, and we've talked about this before too when you're up in Seattle, what are you eating when you're here? God, I'm always eating something new because there's so many <laughs> new restaurants. Yeah. I always have to stop at Capital Cider. Mm -hmm. I love visiting the tap rooms that the cider makers locally mm -hmm. have because a lot of them have food. So Seattle Cider mm -hmm. has the woods. Their food is really, really good. Locust Cider has several tasting rooms now around town and the state. There's just so many. But I would also recommend like Zeke's Pizza. There's what, like 17 locations in town. They are really nice about carrying a more of a modern sessionable style cider that's really affordable and like easy drinking. Maybe there's a flavor like a fruit, like an apricot cider in there, as well as a heritage, more fine wine style cider that might be a little higher end. They're really good about giving uh, attention to both styles. Mm -hmm. I always love going there for pizza as well as masonry. Mm -hmm. God, their bottle list is so good. In <laughs> fact, I'm gonna head there after here, mm -hmm. the Queen Anne location. Yeah. They also are really good about carrying unusual ciders that are hard to find. Mm -hmm. Gosh, you, you, I could talk all night about where we're going to go to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Actually, I'm hungry now. Okay. Um, is there anything that we missed? Um, anything big coming up that you want to talk about before I let you go? I would say anyone feeling adventurous and wanting to get out this spring, come down to Portland. We're hosting the Cider Rite of Spring Festival. There's going to be 35 cideries from all over the Pacific Northwest there. It's really affordable to get in. You get a little tasting glass and you can try so many. We also have a bottle shop there so you can just take it and go mm -hmm. with you. But really, if folks are looking to support their local small cider makers, go online. There's a lot of bottles being sold online or clubs you can join. That makes a really nice, unusual, and unique gift to give this holiday season, mm -hmm. um, especially because you get rare bottles that you can't find at your local grocery store. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today, Emily. Thank you for having me. It's so nice. <laughs> And that's our interview with Emily Ritchie. Uh, Nelson, it's so nice to get together with Emily and to talk a little bit about the association and some events that are coming up. And actually, she even brought a couple of ciders to sample, which um, I'll be posting pictures of later on. Um, I think she's really cool and really an expert in cider. Yeah, absolutely. She, it was, that was a fun time when we did that tasting earlier, mm -hmm. I believe, in was it in the summertime or fall? I yeah. can't remember where it was. Yeah. yeah, that was a great time. I can't believe how many places around Seattle actually serves different kinds of ciders and all oh, yeah. the different locations that she was talking about in the interview. I thought yeah. that was very interesting. That was a really fun interview. Good interview, Monica. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, like you said, <laughs> no, like you were saying, you know, when we were talking about um, the holidays and bring, choosing to bring like a bottle of cider instead of wine, I'm just like, where, where can you get that? And I'm just like, it didn't even occur to me. Like it's so mainstream now. It's just mm -hmm. as common as a bottle of wine. 
like there's a lot of microbrews and tap rooms, but there's a, there's some cider houses that have been opening up around here that you can just grab exclusively ciders and do tasting flights for ciders. Yes, delicious. Yes. All right, Monica, that's pretty much all we got for our show. We're probably going to see each other tomorrow. And then, I don't know, are we going to see each other after that? Do we have any other things going on this week besides uh, besides what we're talking about tomorrow? No, I don't think so. But we'll see. You never oh, know what comes okay. up. All right. I'm excited for the Christmas present you're going to buy me. I... Oh, it's already bought. It's already nice. bought. It's it's on the way. It's shipping nice. on, let's see, December 16th. It's shipping. Awesome. Be ready. Be ready. Just tell me where the dealership is so I can pick up that car. <laughs> what if I just send you the bow? Hey, that's like a $500 bow. The bow. I'll take the bow too. It's hella expensive. I'll take the bow and eBay it and then use that money to buy a pellet to, towards the Peloton bike. Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> noted noted. <laughs> noted great awesome all right everyone that's our show for today thank you so much for listening have a wonderful week and happy eating seattle thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on in the meantime you can find us on instagram and facebook at seattle foodie podcast and on twitter at seattle food pod you can also email us at seattle foodie podcast at gmail.com thanks again and we hope you enjoy the seattle foodie podcast